it. Okay, welcome back. It is time once again to stick it in to another episode of Outlaw Highway Randomness. And I just want to start off by saying, you know, Happy New Year, because we haven't done a New Year's show. Uh, I hope everybody had a great Christmas. And we do have our Florida mans, but first, I would like to tell y'all about my New Year's. And you've heard the idea of this, but you haven't heard the story, so... Well, here we go. All right. So I'm in West Virginia. I pull into the Flying J. I'm not loaded, so I park around front, and I back into a parking spot. And I'm just chilling, so I go take a shower, and I go to Wendy's. And I swear to God, you can't make this up. Um, I'm sitting in the truck eating my Wendy's, and up pulls this little SUV. And there's a guy in this SUV, and he's 55, 60 years old. Um, there's a girl in the SUV, we'll say 30. That's around about what I had figured. And they're looking at me, looking at them, and they're parked in front of me. And I'm like, what the fuck is these people doing? Well, they parked next to me. So I finished eating, and I was watching a show on Hulu, I think, and I was working on some paperwork and I saw something out of the corner of my eye. When I look over, said female in this car, uh, keep in mind every light in this son of a bitch is on. So apparently they wanted an audience, but I look over and she is on her knees without a stitch of clothes on. All her business end is facing me and she's giving this guy a blowjob. That it doesn't stop there. He is three fingers deep in her. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the actual fuck? And I just go back to doing my paperwork. Now, a couple minutes later goes by and they leave. I guess he dropped off said hooker, which I'm assuming she's a hooker because he left, dropped her off, come back. And he come back and got Wendy's. So I don't know if that man, he wanted a threesome or if he just wanted a frosty and a blowjob. So that's what happened. That was my new year. Did y'all make eye contact? Fuck that. I don't know. I didn't see that far. <laughs> I just looked away when I realized what was going on. I was like, what the actual fuck? And why did you have to part next to me? But you said, apparently that guy audience. wanted an audience. Yes. So did I get fired? That was my new year, unfortunately. <laughs> Why? Due to my last attempt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did a commercial last time and uh yeah. I unfortunately lost said commercial for our sponsor. So you know, I just figured we'll do a shout out here after a while and go from there. But uh, shit, let's go on to the Florida man while we're here. So I have two Florida men this week in a Connecticut. Now, the Connecticut, I'm going to have to resort to my phone because I didn't have time to write it down and I don't remember it. Um. So, 
A Florida man was subdued with a stun gun after allegedly throwing golf clubs from a uh, from a moving vehicle, but not before attacking a state trooper. Okay, so there was a 41-year-old man that was driving down the interstate, and he decided for whatever reason, I guess he was having a bad fucking day. I don't know. But anyway, he started chunking golf clubs at the window at passersby. And he was in like a creeper van. I did see that. So what ends up happening is he gets pulled over. He had a golf club. The state trooper kept telling him to put it down. The state trooper apparently had his taser in his hand. And at some point in time, which I still can't figure out how the hell he managed to do this, between having a golf club in his hand, he punched that state trooper. And then the state trooper tasered him. Here's my thing. Motherfucker got a golf club. I'm just going to taser him. You know, sir, put that motherfucker down or I'm going to taser you. And then if he refuses, he gets the taser. But see, this is the world we live in because now everybody is worried about getting in trouble for doing their fucking job. But see, that's the difference between me and most cops was if he had a golf club, I wouldn't have my taser out. I would have shot that motherfucker and that would have been the end of it. And that might be why why I'm not a cop. (laughs) Like, sir, put that down. Fuck this taser. And I'm going to pull out my gun. I do some R. Kelly shit. And I pull out my gun. My gun. And if he don't put it down. <laughs> and if he don't put it down, I'm going to pop his ass. And yeah. folks, just in case we walk over each other, there's like a four second delay between me and him right now. We're trying to work around that. Yes. Um, I got you. Hold on. I got one. So okay. this one is I'm I'm gonna read it first, and then I'm gonna put up the picture. And it's funny that I come across this the day of or the day before me and you had a conversation about said item. There was a guy in Las Vegas. Um, who visited the Deja Vu Love Boutique and simply walked up and stole a three-foot, 40-pound dildo from said sex shop and just walked out with this motherfucker slung over his shoulder. Oh, shit, they had a movie. And for one... And for those of you that don't know what that looks like, that is a three-foot, 40-pound dildo. Hold up, homie. I've got the one we just discussed that I found on Amazon I can show them. Hold up. Y'all want to see what a three-foot, 50-pound dildo looks like? Check this shit out. They call it the Moby. I don't think uh, they want to. (laughs) Yes, you do. Everybody wants to see that. The only reason... I want that I took a screenshot of it is because there's a specific family member. I'm thinking about mailing this to with a little card that says, go fuck yourself. But 
it's seven hundred dollars. That's the only reason I'm not doing it. And you know, Trump just give me some money, so I still might. But here you go. That's the Moby. <laughs> Three foot. 50 I get pounds. it. I get it. Moby Dick. <laughs> it took me a second, but I, I got it now. Wow. Jesus. It's the biggest dildo in the world next to. Impress your friends. Make him the centerpiece at a wild party. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what kind of parties yeah, are you having? Yeah. So that's funny. I think I got you beat with this one. And my last one isn't so much funny as it is what the fuck. But the 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 headline's pretty funny. Um, a Florida man uses a fire extinguisher to dry himself. Now this motherfucker got arrested for using said fire extinguisher to dry himself off. He was really drunk. At some point in time, fell in some motherfucking water. Well, uh, he, what did he do? Let's see here. He took and uh, attempted to dry himself off with a fire extinguisher. The cops got called. When they found him, he was covered in the white shit from the fire extinguisher. And they charged him with i forget the exact charge but it was something to do with fire equipment tampering with fire equipment so apparently you know to any of you motherfuckers that's out there that's ever like been walking down an aisle with your buddy and see a fire extinguisher and think hey i should spray this motherfucker you know although funny you can't actually be charged with a crime for doing so and let's see what that crime was, because I got it in my screenshots. I just don't remember it offhand. <laughs> Sorry. Some of this shit, y'all don't understand. I mean, I got a little laptop coming that's going to help me out, but most time I have to handwrite all this shit. So, you know, let's see here. Where is this motherfucker at? Now I've been drunk a lot of times, but I've never thought, hey, nobody oh. good idea. Let's hit somebody with a fire extinguisher. He was he was charged with interfering with firefighter equipment. It's a third degree felony, punishable by up to five years in prison. Shit. Yeah, I told y'all that was some crazy shit. Five fucking years for a fire extinguisher. I mean, hell, motherfuckers don't get that for stealing cars. Oh, oh, wait, my last one. It's on here too. I'm sorry, guys. Um, where the fuck did that go? You got any more Florida mans before we get into this one? Now that was that was the only crazy man that I had. Well, we're going to call this Connecticut Woman, and this is the headline I like. And there's one part of this headline when I read it. You're going to know what part I like. Police arrest woman after 26 cats, six dogs, 
two squirrels and a blind owl was found inside of her home. There was also two rats. Two rats. Okay, uh, so what was her crime? Um. Well, hold on. So a Connecticut woman has been arrested after authorities found three dead animals in her home and seized more than two dozen cats along with dogs, squirrels, and an owl, police said on Wednesday. And uh, her name is Donna. We're just going to go with that because I can't pronounce that bitch's last name. Let's see. Says turned herself in Tuesday because of an arrest warrant, charged her with six counts of animal cruelty. She posted a $5,000 bond and was ordered to appear in court on February the 5th. Animal control officers executed a search warrant on the home October the 26th after, after neighbors complained about a stench and rats running around the neighborhood. Um, says the 26 cat, six dogs, two caged squirrels, and a blind owl. See, them squirrels and that owl is illegal for her to keep anyway. I don't know about in Connecticut, but in Tennessee, that shit don't fly. Uh, there was also two large rats in the home. My question is, was they pets or was they just there to eat shit when it died? Because it says... Authorities found two dead cats and a dead woodchuck. Health officials condemned the property. Jesus. Yeah. See, that's why she got charged. That's some crazy shit. The whole, I don't, see, and I don't see how people. What about my like picture? That, <laughs> yeah, I don't either. So. Like, watch that show Hoarders and shit. You're like, how the fuck can you function? Let alone be comfortable with how you're living. Right? No doubt. No doubt. That is, uh, that's most definitely wild. I, I don't understand either how people can do that because, you know, you see them hoarding shows and there's been some animal hoarding shows too. and They got like... Now, I could understand one situation. There was an old couple I remember seeing, and they were real old. I mean, they, bless their hearts, they were barely able to get around as it was. But people just kept dropping off neighborhood animals. And they they just took care of despite that they were spending every bit of their money on these fucking animals, you know. And when they actually got a warrant and went in the house and stuff i mean they they just pulled gobs and gobs of cats out i mean it was fucking ridiculous i think there was like 50 cats in this house and in in the whole like area there was dead cats all in the fucking garage and shit in all these boxes because she was also a hoarder and uh yeah it was it was pretty nuts so i don't see how people can do that I mean, you know, if people are dropping animals off at your house, good for taking care of them, but either try to relocate them or, you know, take them to a no-kill shelter that'll find them a good home. Yeah. So, 
What if she planned on having mm. them stuffed or something? That's why she was keeping them. I don't know, man. You know, it's uh, that's just crazy. And you know, I, I'm sure you could find a taxidermist to do it, but I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to have your pet stuffed, which I don't understand. I mean, why is that not a thing? Why can't I have my pet stuffed? I ain't ready to let him go yet. So I want to have him stuffed. Could you imagine getting Cho I mean, stuffed? Right? I mean, that would be morbid as fuck and kind of freaky, but at the same time, you know, I mean, he's like, well, okay, correction. You wouldn't do that with people. And I was going to say he's like a child to me, but because uh, he really is that big goofy bastard. I love him to death. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have one of the kids stuffed. That would really be weird. That you know, let's talk about that. Why can't you have people stuffed? I mean, okay, what's wrong with that? We're gonna go a different direction with it first because <laughs> this is one of the things that, like, and I get it. You know, everybody does their own thing, but kind of along the lines would be the people that have funerals with the dead person, like sitting up and like a cigarette in her hand like leaned all up in a chair and shit that shit uh, like me creative funerals why the fuck yeah. would you do that like that guy that does uh does the funerals like the guy on the motorcycle and shit like that is that what you're talking about yeah yeah that's some crazy shit but see that's not that's not a bad thing i mean i get that it kind of freaks you out but so what are you saying? You wouldn't like have a stuffed relative in the corner of your house? Hell no. Hey, a uh, special guest wants to drop in. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can't do it. Otherwise, I'd have sent the invite. Okay. Um, Wait, hold on. I might be able to. Aha, I got it. We You're good. Keep on. Are we Are doing we it now? Or are we waiting until we get to that part? We go ahead and drop them in. I just sent them the oh, invite. Yeah. All right. But yeah, I just I wouldn't. It wouldn't make me uncomfortable to be at a funeral like that. I wouldn't want to be. I I, I don't think that would make me well because of me. Being in funeral homes makes me uncomfortable any fucking way. Mm. But um, extremely, I hate it. But, you know, I still think it would be cool to be able, I don't know. I'm not against having a relative stuffed. You don't think that would be weird? Because, like, because think okay. about it. Like, you know, no, 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 no. So think about it. Like one, where is said relative gonna be? You just gonna have said relative like propped up in the living room. You get up in the middle of the night, like three a.m. You're like, man, I'm thirsty as shit. And you know, you you're not thinking. I've done it before, and I've got a story. Well, granted, it wasn't a stuffed human, but you know, like you walk out of the fucking the bedroom, you go into the living room, like, holy fuck, what are you doing here? Like that would scare the fuck out of me. Okay. Well, you know, here's another thing, too. Here's another good point, all right? Now, follow me here. Follow me. 
So we, we're going down this rabbit hole, so we might as well go all the way to the bottom. Now, for the fans, I was listening to Mojo Five O The Morning Show. It's your daily mojo. Uh, you might want to check that out. But they were brought up a story, and I don't know how many people know about this, but it, I thought it was kind of wild, so I'll share it. Um, Microsoft actually just signed a patent for reincarnation. And basically what they do when you die is they take your, your social media, your Facebook, your, you know, if you write letters, they take letters, they take text messages, they take all this shit and they build you a profile and they basically turn you into an AI. Now, with that being said, this particular AI program allows your loved ones to continue talking to you. Now, I'm not 100% sure the name, but I know they just made a movie with this kind of bullshit. And do you need, hold on, sorry, y'all. Do you need me to invite him? What's going on here? Um, no, there was something going on outside. Oh, okay. So anyway, there's a movie where this kind of happens. And the boys over at Mojo brought up the fact of, you know, in said movie that this happens and then later they make a robot. And, you know, they already have artificial intelligence. There's apps that you can download and you can literally have conversations with people and and they get to know you and they ask you about your day and whole nine yards like that. Actually, this is where I was going with that because this is something you could probably do with your loved one down the future. Girls are going to be like, I don't fucking know about that. Guys are going to be like, fuck yeah, maybe if you can take out the bitching part, but okay. So what if they could take that program and upload it into a sex robot. So now. I'm sure they can. Right. But now you're still having sex with your old lady. Like I said, can they take the bitching part out? Because that would be cool. Obviously, you don't want them to use her diary to like, you know. I mean, would oh, she still her. say, right? Would she still be like, I got a headache? And just think about it. If you just couldn't fucking take no more, all you'd have to do is unplug that bitch. And then, yeah, because they have their own AI program where you can get to know the girl and y'all can, y'all can, and I actually read all this, y'all, just for y'all. I read this shit. Well, I read it for me too because it was interesting. But so basically what happens here is you download their app. I think it's like 15, 20 bucks. The sex robot people. And you get to know your girl that you design based on all the sex robots that they have. So she gets to know you. Y'all watch movies together. Y'all talk about special things and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, there's going to come a point in time these motherfuckers are trying to open brothels in California because it's not like opening a whorehouse in Nevada. So what happens here 
I said the F word. Mm. But what happens here is how many times have I said the F word? I don't know. I just got on. Probably uh, more, probably not as many times as I had. I don't know. I don't know if I right. said it. So what ends up happening here is they take this program from this whole AI program and they upload it into this sex robot at this brothel. So now you got the girl that you've been spending all this time with in a sex robot and you can go watch TV with her. You can pretty much fuck her. That's what you want to do. Ah, damn it. And uh, yeah, so, but you know, with Microsoft doing the whole reincarnation thing, and this is the way they're going to do it, and they can actually actually turn your loved one into an AI so you can still have daily conversations, then later you will actually be able to upload them into a sex robot. So, you know, like I said, that might be something that, that would be really interesting to people that, you know, if you're one of these people, like if your spouse died, if you literally never would remarry, that might be something you're into. But ask yourself one question. Will they take the bitching out? I mean, because like I said, if they use her diary, well, what if that diary is like 356 pages of why she shouldn't fuck you? You don't want that uploaded into her artificial intelligence, do you? Of course not. Welcome he back. Use the F word again. Yes. Welcome back, our guest of a Jesse. Uh, he chose <laughs> a hell of a time to join in. <laughs> Thanks for not interrupting, Jesse. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, not a problem. Not a problem. It kind of came in at a very interesting time. Yes. Hell yes. of a time to come in. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes, it was. Good evening, guys. Those, How are y'all doing? We're uh, doing pretty good. Those of you that have not seen the previous uh, episode with the Jesse, he's been on one of our shows before, and uh, he wanted to come on back and do another episode with us so welcome back Jesse. well if it's the, thank you sir thank you if it's anything if it's the show you was telling me about i am very interested in listening or hearing in on this we, one yep we, we ain't got back to that part yet we're still kind of shooting from the hip at the moment hey that that's all right brother that's all right we started with the dead people and now we're talking about sex robots that okay <laughs> Now that you're in here, Jesse, let me ask you, if if you was allowed to stuff people, would you have your relatives stuffed or would you still do the traditional burial and or cremation? Oh, hell no. (laughs) I would not have Creepy as shit. Dude, I would be afraid as fuck of them watching the hell out of me. No, well, you know, I didn't no. figure I, I didn't figure everybody would be into that, but I don't know. It was just a random. That's just kind of where we went down this rabbit hole. So what, what started this rabbit hole was uh, we was talking about the funerals where like they have people like propped up, you know, like just like propped up in a chair. They got a cigar in their hand, you know, shit like that. Shit freaks me out, and I don't know why you would do that. And then we kind of rabbit hold from there. <laughs> So you got Joe Diffie in this house with uh, prop me up next to the jukebox. Basically, pretty much, pretty much. And, you know, I will I will get to that story now on why I wouldn't do it, because I 
like I said, you know, I would just imagine getting up in the middle of the fucking night, you know, you're like, man, I got to take a piss. You forget said stuffed person is in the living room, and then you piss yourself in the middle of your living room because it scared the shit out of you. Oh, <laughs> dude, that would scare the piss out, literally the piss out of me. Well, I had a, a I won't say similar experience, but I had an experience that, you know, this conversation made me think of. Um, back in high school, when I was still living with my dad, he had uh, a buddy that owned a gas station and he would get like, you know, signs and shit from him whenever he got rid of them. And uh, dad had gotten a life size Takati girl, like one of the life size cutouts of a Takati girl. And okay. I got up and I went and took a piss and, you know, I'm half asleep and luckily I took a piss before I went back into the bedroom because I forgot she was standing there and I seen her and I don't think I've ever jumped that high before because it scared the living shit out of me. And, and yes, I will have to say if I saw st- stuff, so, um, stuffed dad standing there looking at me, I, yeah, I would have to say I would be freaked the hell out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. I I think it'd be cool. Go ahead, Jesse. I I would say it would be cool as hell, but good God Almighty, I think it'd be freaky as shit. You have to leave them motherfuckers in the garage or something. (laughs) Well, I was just fixing to say, I think it'd be cool to have, like, you know, 10 point book, catfish, Uncle Tommy. Uh, <laughs> the only the only thing that would make that cooler is if Uncle Tommy got killed in a hunting accident. But see, the cool part is is you could have them down the hallway, like uh, like that basement tomb on Game of Thrones, where they had like all their their relatives, you know, down there, and uh, that would be cool. You just like line them up on the hallway, looking at each other. Uh, remind me never to go to your house. Hell, in the, you know, in like at Halloween, you could set them outside and like put <laughs> costumes on them and shit. Had to watch the dogs and stuff, but that would be funny as hell. That would be f- just seeing some little kid coming up to sit in his lap or some shit. <laughs> hell yeah! So, like, honey, get away from that. That's a dead guy. <laughs> but no. <laughs> How many of them stories you got? Was there five? Uh, something like it. Well, we're at 35 minutes. You could probably break off into that if you want. All right. So this this episode, we decided to do, well, I decided to do some research. Just, I don't remember what sparked it. Um, but I decided to look up, you know, some like really American, well, not really American, but just military badasses. And uh, I found quite a few of them, actually. And um, we're going to start off with... Excuse me, y'all. Simo Hayha. Hayha, however the hell you pronounce his name. But uh, he was from Finland. And uh, he served his one mandatory year in the military. Um, And then he came back home and he became a farmer. 
this is back in 19, late 1930s that this was going on. And uh, when the Soviet Union invaded in 39, he decided he was going to uh, help his country. Give me just a second. You should have been prepared for this. Um, I'm somewhat prepared, but for some reason, they're out of order. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know how that happens. But anyways, uh, so this gentleman decided he was going to become a sniper. And, uh, you know, because he, he had his, his old hunting rifle and everything. And he went out into the woods with couple cans of food, climbed a tree, and just sat there all day shooting Russians. And he did this for quite a while. Over the course of a hundred days, he killed five hundred and forty two Russians with his rifle. He took out another hundred he took out another hundred and fifty or so with his machine gun which sent his credited kill count to 705. Damn. Shit. Yeah, he was a bad motherfucker. Our next gentleman is... Jesse, you might have heard of him. Um, Captain Jack Malcolm Throp Fleming Churchill. That is a hell of a fucking name. Also known as... Fighting Jack Churchill and Mad Jack, who, uh, according to this website, was basically the craziest motherfucker in the whole war. He volunteered for commando duty, not knowing what it was, but knowing that it sounded dangerous and he thought it was fun. So um, (laughs) he is best known for saying that an officer who goes into action without his sword is improperly dressed. And do in saying so, he never went into battle without carrying his sword. And we're not talking like the ceremonial swords that, you know, the Marine Corps uses. I'm not sure if the Army, does the Army have their ceremonial swords? We do, actually. The sabers. Okay. <clears throat> so, it wasn't your, your Army saber. It wasn't your, you know your Marine Corps sword, it was a fucking claymore. Like, six, seven foot claymore that he carried into battle. And he used it. He is credited with capturing a total of 42 Germans and a mortar squad in the middle of the night using said sword. (laughs) That is awesome. Oh, it gets better. Um, and uh, his men were tasked with taking out a uh, German fortification that was called Point Six Two Two. Churchill took lead, charging ahead of the group into the dark through the barbed wire and mines, throwing grenades. Uh, his unit did their best to catch up. Uh, six of them were killed. No, all of them were killed except for six. Out of those six, half of them were wounded. And all they had left were their pistols. Then a mortar shell come in and killed everyone else. All, you know, all six that were left. 
Jack was the only one that survived. Damn. When when the Germans showed up, he was playing his bagpipes, which he also carried in next to his big <laughs> fucking sword. This was a Scottish dude. Uh, I think he was English. Okay, I've never really heard of English with uh, bagpipes, but okay. He could have been English, Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my shit is all fucked up. Uh, did it do? We're gonna save the the best guy for last. For Robert has already heard that one. Yeah, I think he mentioned not... that one to me as well. Yeah, that's, that's the best one. That that's saying for saving for last. I'm not sure. Now, out of curiosity, did you have probably one of the greatest army soldiers by chance? Um, no, I did not. But there's oh more. Goodness. There's more to Jack's story. Okay. He was captured by the Germans and sent to a concentration camp. And he got bored and left. <laughs> he just walked out to concentration camp. How the fuck? <laughs> um, they caught him and sent him to a new camp, which, once again, he got bored and left. He walked... <laughs> He walked 150 miles with a can of onions for food. He was picked up by the, okay, he was British. He was picked up by the Americans and sent back to Britain, where he demanded to be sent back into the field just to find out that the war was over with. He later told one of his friends that if it wasn't for those damn Yanks, we could have kept the war going another 10 years. <laughs> So that was probably one of the baddest motherfuckers in the war. That motherfucker liked to uh, fight. Okay, yeah. I will say I have never heard of him. But that I mean, sounds like a dude I would like to get to know. There's pictures of him actually on the beach, because uh, I think he was there for the invasion of Normandy. Uh, it may not be on the beach, but there's a picture of him actually with his fucking Claymore like going into battle. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he just like walked up. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was going to say, I wonder if he just like walked up and said, hey, look, uh, tell Hitler his fucking camp don't work for me no more. <laughs> I'm out. Deuces, y'all. I'm out of here. <laughs> with, with as bad as a motherfucker as he was, he probably did say something along those lines. This one I had to do a lot of research on because I wasn't sure. It just it's one of those stories that sounds so impossible that you're like, there's no fucking way. Um, during the invasion of Iraq in 2003, there was a Welsh Royal Marine sniper named Matt Hughes. He was that tasked with uh, once you hear the story, you might you might know him. He was tasked with removing two Iraqi soldiers who, I guess they were snipers, I'm not sure. It just says they were two Iraqi soldiers who were holding up the offensive. There was one problem. They were over half a mile away and it was windy as shit and hot as shit, which obviously is going to affect his shot a lot. Well, he wasn't going to give up. So, him and his... Uh, his spotter, and there was also another sniper, which is why I, you know, 
you hear that there was another sniper that made a similar shot. So you're like, eh, maybe it was possible. But to me, that just made it even more unbelievable. But anyways, they sat there and they took their wind readings, you know, their temperature readings, all that shit that snipers do. He aimed his rifle 56 feet to the left and 38 feet high, which means that rifle was nowhere near being pointed at his fucking target. He took the shot and landed a direct hit in the center of the Iraqi's chest and killed him instantly. His other sniper pulled damn near the exact same shot on the second guy. That is Gee. impressive. That's damn you impressive. You said 56, 56 feet to the left and 38 feet high? Yep. To compensate for the wind and all, all the shit he, he needed to compensate for. Dude, that's like a fucking mortar system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with a sniper rifle. <laughs> that is one dude I would not want to fuck with on a shooting range. No shit. You couldn't outshoot that motherfucker. Annie Oakley oh. couldn't shoot outshoot that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Josie Wells. Now, motherfucker. Now, hold up, hold up, hold up. Now, see... You just did some shit like when people are all like, oh, man, I watched Zach Wild and, and, and Slash play guitar against each other and, and, and Zach kicked his ass. You just did the same thing with Annie Oakley. Two completely different monsters. I mean, now you give him a lever action 45, you know, carbine, and he might not be able to hit the broadside of a fucking barn with it. She might kick his ass. All right, I give you that. Okay, I I will give you that as well. But I mean, I, still I that, that. Oh, it's impressive, still, as a motherfucker, dude. That that's not even impressive. That is not even impressive. If you could, dude, that's just freaking. That's a freaking act of God right there. He definitely had somebody helping him out on that shot. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, wow. 58 feet. Dude, that's like, you're <laughs> almost like at a 90-degree angle. Mm -hmm. But they they talked about the shot, um, and they said that, you know, it literally, the wind just curved the fucking bullet. It, it come up, and the wind caught it and just brought it straight down, like you said, Jesse, like a fucking mortar. What was that movie uh, where he's like, he curved the bullet around? Wanted. Yeah. Yeah, wanted. Wanted. Yeah. He curved that bitch around that damn target like it was nothing. <laughs> it, it only took him like a 40, 11 times to get it. <laughs> and and, and Jolie standing between him and the fucking target. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm sorry, but that is just. That ain't even – that's not even impressive. That's, like, godlike. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing for sure. It, it, yes. But and now we have – Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I was going to roll on. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Roll on. I'm just – I'm still in shock about <laughs> still it. Still just in awe. So yes. now we have, last but not least, my favorite of all – out of all – and I looked at a lot. I looked at several websites. I probably looked at over a hundred different stories. 
and this is probably my favorite one you know uh i'm sure maybe later on i'll find a different one but this one's my favorite so far this guy's name was alvin york he was born uh to redneck farmers in tennessee uh most of his story yeah most of his youth uh, he was going out partying with his buddies, just getting drunk in bars and getting into all kinds of fights. Um, his best friend got killed in a bar fight and Alvin swore off drinking. He wasn't going to drink no more, became a pacifist. He got drafted in 1917. He tried to file as a conscientious objector, but it's 1917, you know, the war just Man, what what year did the war kick off? Country? I think it was nineteen seventeen. Uh, yeah, World War One. So it, it's ah, shit. It's it still pretty early there, yeah. days. Yeah. And uh so he got denied and they sent him to basic training. So a year later, him and seventeen other men were tasked with taking out a fortified machine gun encampment that was overwatching a German railroad. Um, as they were approaching, obviously the Germans spotted them and just opened fire. Uh, this next part is directly from Alvin's diary, and this is how he described that experience. He said... I didn't have time to dodge behind a tree or dive into the brush. I didn't even have time to kneel or lie down. I had no idea. No, I had no time, no how to do nothing but watch them there German machine gunners and give them the best I had. Every time I seed, S-E-E-D, a German, I just touched him off. At first, I was shooting from a prone position, that is lying down, just like we often shoot at the targets and shooting matches in the mountains of Tennessee. And it was just about the same distance, but the targets here were bigger. I just couldn't miss a German's head or body at that distance. And I didn't. So he's just laying waste to the Germans at this point. And most of his squad either retreated or were injured or killed. And, uh, so he's just picking off fucking Germans left and right. And uh, the German lieutenant that was over the machine, the machine gunners put a, together a team of five guys to go and flank uh, Alvin. Well, Alvin pulled out his Colt 45 and killed all of them. A practice he likened to shooting wild turkeys back home. So at this point, the lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Paul Georgian Volmer, yelled out over the noise asking York if he was English, because in World War II, nobody really took America seriously. Was and it two or one? Did I say two? It was one. Yeah, you said two. My you bad. said two. And we're talking my about my bad. War. Yeah. And, and World War One, no one took the Americans seriously because they thought we were rookies. And uh, so the lieutenant figured there's no way that this guy was American. He had to be English, you know. And uh, he asked him, he said, are you American or are you English? And uh, Alvin told him, he said, I'm American. 
And the lieutenant replied, good Lord, if you stop, I will tell the, if you stop shooting us, I will tell them to stand down. So Alvin stopped shooting at them. 10 minutes later, 133 soldiers came out of the woods and surrendered to Alvin. Lieutenant Woods, who was uh, York's superior, thought it was a German counterattack when the Germans walked up until he saw York. And York saluted and said, Corporal York's reports with prisoners, sir. And his superior asked him, he said, how many prisoners do you have? And York replied, honest, Lieutenant, I don't even know. <laughs> that guy was definitely a bad motherfucker. I will give you that as well. I still think old uh, Mad Max is probably or Mad Max Winch- uh, Winch- Churchill was probably Mad, the best. Mad Jack. Mad yeah. Jack, yeah. But I, I now I have one that everyone should know about. I don't know his entire story, but I do know he used to be a mar- he was went to be a Marine, and they rejected him, and then he went to the Army. Uh, his name was Audie Murphy. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know his full story, but he was the first one to like get a battlefield promotion from like sergeant to lieutenant. Like I said, I don't know the whole story behind that situation. I just know that he was a bad son of a gun too. Damn! Uh, and you said he was unprepared. Hey, I just can't. <laughs> I just came in and. I asked him, but I didn't have a chance to look it up because I was on the video with y'all. But yes, I am very unprepared on that aspect, but I do know Audie Murphy was probably one of the greatest soldiers as well. But not as good as the other guys. Alvin York and all those other guys. Here's a... This oh, is way okay. Up. Go ahead. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Audie Murphy was one of the most decorated American combat soldiers of World War II. <clears throat> he was awarded a val- valor, awarded a uh, combat award for valor. The French and Belgian awards for heroism, medal of honor for valor uh, that he just, just demonstrated at the age of 19. So he was also one of the youngest medal of honor her- heroes. And who where was he? Was he American? Yes. At okay. the age of nine, at Go the ahead. age of 19, he single handedly hold held off a company of German soldiers for an hour at uh, Colmar Pocket in France in January of 1945. Sorry, my trainee actually pulled it up. So I'm actually looking at what he did. Then leading a successful counterattack while wounded and out of ammunition. So, yeah, he, uh, I will say he was, uh, he joined the army. Uh, where do you say? Well, he died at the age of 45 <clears throat> in Virginia. He's buried at Arlington National, which I actually been there. They have a continuous flame there, which is pretty freaking cool. Um, he joined the army in 1942 
and got out in 1945. Then he was in 1950 to 1966 as the Texas Army National Guard. Uh, he got out of the Texas uh, National Guard as a major. Huh. So he was he was an enlisted man, and then he became an officer. But it, yeah, he was about he got battlefield. Oh damn! All right, it, here's his awards: Medal of Honor, Distinguished Service Cross, two Silver Star Medals, uh, Legion of Merit, Bronze Star, two Bronze Stars, one with V device, three Purple Hearts. Uh. He's got the American Campaign Medal, European Afghan, Af, uh, African Me Middle Eastern Campaign Medal, nine campaigns, uh, French Legion of Honor, uh, the French Corps de Guerre, whatever, with Silver Star, three with palms, and the Belgian Corps de Guerre with a palm. This dude. I uh -huh. decorated Cordiger, yes, Cordiger. Sorry, my uh, trainee is from that area, so he actually knew how to spell it or say it. So, but yeah, this dude after the attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, Murphy's older sister helped him set, uh, falsely, falsify documents about his birth date in order to meet the minimum age requirement for enlisting in the military. Turned down initially for being underweight by the Army, Navy, and the Marine Corps, he eventually was able to enlist in the Army. He first saw action in 1943, the Allied invasion of Sicily. So, yeah, he was quite the... Um... <laughs> Absolutely. Captain America. Yep. He was sent into southern France in 1944. He encountered a German machine gun crew who pretended that they were surrendering and then shot his best friend. Murphy completely hulked out and killed everyone in the machine gun nest, then used their machine guns to kill everyone in a hundred yard radius, which included two more machine gun nests and a shit ton of snipers. Sun's getting low, big boy. <laughs> he hulked out. <laughs> for, for that, for that, they gave him. That's when they gave him the Distinguished Service Cross, and they made him the platoon a uh, platoon commander. Where everyone apologized for calling him Shorty. <laughs> so, with that being said, I would have to say he is up there with the others as well. Oh, uh, there's more. Um, this was a year and a half later. Uh, his company was given the job of defending the Colmer pocket. I think he was talking about that. Yep. Um, even though they had 19 guys left out of 128, and they had a couple of M10 uh, tank destroyers, the Germans showed up. Make sure this is the right guy. Yeah. The Germans showed up with a shitload of guys and about a half dozen tanks. They were not expe expecting reinforcements, so Murphy and his men hid in a trench and uh, sent the M10s out. Um, by the way, he was five foot and a half, about 110 pounds. 
who also, when he joined, was he came down with malaria and had malaria pretty much the whole war. Uh, he then hopped right. into a yeah. He then hopped in uh, behind a fifty cal and killed everything in sight. Uh, <laughs> he was out there killing for almost an hour until he ran out of bullets. Then walked back to his men as the M10 exploded in the background. They gave him literally every medal they could, 33 in all. And uh, a couple of them were doubles. And he, uh, he got five from France and one from Belgium, like he was talking about, including the Medal of Honor. Damn. That's crazy. He actually played uh, himself in the movie to hell and back. Did he really? Oh yeah. Yep. I didn't realize that was him. I was wondering if you were talking about the same guy. Holy shit. Yep, okay. yep that's the same guy. <laughs> but that yep. was one that, that the was... Marine Corps gave up and gave it to the Army, and I appreciate you, um there, uh, Nolan. Well, we yeah. couldn't we couldn't take all the badasses. Well, now <clears throat> there was another one in World War Two. I it, he's not like a war hero or anything like that, but it was funny. I don't know how much you know about the Battle of Bo uh, Bastogne. Not a lot. all right. In the battle, okay. In the Battle of Bastogne. The 506th Infantry Regiment was surrounded, quite literally surrounded. A German officer, I can't remember the name of the uh, uh, or the colonel at the time because the commanding officer was away on whatever leave or whatever, but they were surrounded. So a general or a German general came up to said colonel, I think it was, and was like, you are surrounded. This is your, you know, you have two choices, fight or die, pretty much, or surrender. And his response was one word. I do not know if you guys know what it is. I don't. Nuts. Nuts. The uh -huh. response, yes, that was Brigadier. his response. And. Is Brigadier General Anthony McAuliffe? M C A U L I F F E. I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head. That's who it is. I'm looking at it. I just can't pronounce it. McAuliffe, I think, is how you say it. Or McAuliffe. Uh, all right. Anthony McAuliffe? Yeah. Of the 101st. Okay. Uh -huh. He was uh, to answer the German call to surrender as Bastogne with the one word interjection. Nuts. Asked by the puzzled German emissary what it meant. An aid to the McLaughlin reported it means go to hell. <laughs> so that was his response to the ger general, uh, the German emissary of. That's ballsy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was. I thought, I thought that was the greatest. But yeah, 
They were completely surrounded by Stone, Germany. And that was his answer. All right. Well, you know, hell yeah. He sounded like a pretty bad motherfucker. Or crazy. One of the two. I guess depending on how you want to look at it. Probably a little <laughs> bit of both. <laughs> yeah. So, he's a crazy nut motherfucker. <laughs> while we've been sitting here, uh, while y'all been doing y'all's thing, I was just kind of drawing on a Jets pizza box, and I found something interesting. You know, on Jets pizza, they have like a sack of dough and shit like that in all their writing. Well, I traced all the lines. Swear to God, I just traced the lines, and it looks like a pecker. <laughs> here, let me show you. I took a picture of it. I, I, I might I have added that one little line at the top to make it to finish out the pecker, <laughs> but it looks like a pecker. That's the only thing I added, I promise. <laughs> I traced every line except for that little one at the top in the middle to finish the penis, but it, it looked like a pecker, so I just had to finish it. Because I'm like six, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah. That is a very wrinkled pecker, sir. <laughs> but, I mean, I ain't the one putting a dick on my pizza box. I don't think I'll be ordering from them no more. <laughs> they, they stir their sauce, their sauce with their dick. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, what was it, the thousand and one hidden images on uh, advertising? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh that's my true. gosh. Oh, that's that is funny though. That is fun. The funny thing is you actually noticed that before you were, did you notice it before you traced it out or when you traced it out? I noticed it after I traced it out. I didn't notice it before. Okay. So. I was going to say it's really bad that you noticed it beforehand by the time i did the rim of the sack i was like wait a minute this looks like a dick don't it and i finished it and i was like <laughs> it does look like a dick that is funny that that is oh man that is funny <clears throat> yeah no more jets pizza for uh, country fuck that <laughs> <laughs> you have anything for the show there country or did i run over you <laughs> oh you're all right i did uh i knew you were gonna do this segment and uh so i just kind of went with what i had i didn't really add anything else Jeez. but everybody got i got the last confirmation today that the people that won the drawing the last coin was actually delivered i mailed it my wife mailed it Three days after the drawing, and it just now arrived, like 70 miles. I could have put that shit on my tortoise and got it there faster. We did the math. He really could have. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like 0 0.07 is the speed that they went to get the coin that 70 miles in all those days and I was like what the actual fuck it was 900 hours 
Are you his, kidding me? His tortoise literally could have made that delivery My faster. My tortoise literally could have made that delivery faster. Okay, I'm going to just say one thing real quick, but I know we don't talk about politicians and politics on this level, but but yet, there is no uh, all the voter fraud got there on time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I mean, I know people that their packages, like they they order Christmas packages. I was fortunate enough to get everything I ordered for Christmas to come in, but they ordered Christmas packages, and they were still waiting on them like a month later at Christmas. So some people just got like, oh, used for Christmas. Uh, I know one guy, <laughs> his wife wrapped his presents but put pictures in the box of what he was getting. Because, I mean, you know, what that, the fuck? That, <clears throat> that actually happened to my wife. Uh, she ordered a shirt from my daughter uh, from Cole or for my daughter for, from Coles, And it took almost two months to get to it. It was a month after Christmas we got it. Or, like, we got it, like, a couple of days after Christmas, and she ordered it, like, two months before. That's so we actually got the shirt in time for her birthday. I ordered a jacket on Amazon and it made it to Georgia and then it didn't deliver the day it was supposed to deliver. And they sent me an email stating that they would give me a refund because it's been lost. So I got the refund, reordered a new jacket and it made it to the house. But I keep wondering if that other one ain't going to show up at the house. So, you know, what's funny you know. is that that's where my uh, that's where my daughter's shirt, uh, shirt, her little sweatshirt was, was in Georgia. I'm probably the same damn place, believe it or not. I bet but, <laughs> it probably was yeah, seriously, but yeah, uh, yeah, fucking nuts, man. And to the fans, like I said, uh, I wasn't trying to go into the politics. Yeah, oh, you're right. good. To the fans, we uh, are uh, sixteen. I wasn't to get, oh. We are. <laughs> there's a delay. It's not your fault. There is sixteen people. We need sixteen more people, uh, fans on the fan page before our next drawing. So, get us to sixteen more, and we'll do our next drawing. Yeah, yeah. And you never know. The next drawing is going to be for a Moby. Or hey, how do y'all feel about this? How about a nude self portrait of country? You want to win that? I'm good. You want to win that drawing, Jesse? <laughs> yeah. Are you, are, Hell no. Are you going to complain if you don't win I that? I gotta drawing? say though. <laughs> oh hell no, hell no. I, I do have to say though, I was a little hurt that I didn't get the a silver coin. Well, you know. <laughs> That be how it is, sir. Maybe next time. Maybe, maybe when we do a draw. Maybe maybe when we do the drawing for the shirt, you'll win that drawing. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> Wait a second! I already got the damn shirt. <laughs> well, you get another one for I'm free. To start, I'm gonna have to start bringing mine with me. <laughs> I have to start bringing my my shirt with me on the road. So if I get on these uh, calls, you can again, represent. Right, right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, 
I ain't sure what the next drawing is going to be. I don't know if we're going to do shirts or if I'm going to do something else. I might do something else, you know. As long as it's not a nude self-portrait, I think the fans will be okay. <laughs> what about if it's an oil painting instead of a I portrait? Have to... <laughs> Who's going to have to paint it? I feel bad for the artist that's painting it. Oh, that's not very nice. I'm going to paint it. <laughs> oh, you're going to paint it yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got an idea we'll talk about after we cut out see. of here. Okay. A thought just occurred to me for the drawing. All right, gentlemen. Well, gentlemen, with that being said, I guess that means I need to get off here. Okie dokie. Well, but thank you all for having me again. It was a good, it was, thank you all for having me. It was a good show. I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, thanks for coming on back with us. And uh, when you get off here and he uploads it, you need to check out the first few minutes of the show because I don't think he was in here for Moby. Was you in oh, here for yeah. Moby? No, he wasn't. No, you was wasn't not. in here for Moby, and you no, wasn't, wasn't in here in for there. my New Year's Eve story. You got to hear that shit. So, all right. I think that is. I, going I got to wrap in there when you were episode. talking about the Rome. Uh, so. I was in there when you got in on the robot dating thing. Uh, right. The companion, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah. You have to listen to so. the beginning part. So, okay, buddy. Well, thank you for coming, and uh, you have a good night. Be safe. Hey, hey, you two guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> He's old, folks. He's not very technologically advanced. The end button is on the top right. <laughs> He's looking everywhere but there. I know. I see his eyes. He's like, where the fuck is the button? <laughs> top, top right. Top right. There, top right. there you go. We just do 30 <laughs> minutes of that shit. That was funny. <laughs> all right. You stay put. I'll end the recording. Let's sign out. I, all right, folks. That's the end of tonight. I am country. I'm Jules. And we are pulling out.